official 2002 Pop Copy employee training film with your host, Ralph Henderson. Hello, I'm Ralph Henderson. And if you're watching this video, that means you've just been hired to work here at Popular Copy. Me and my friends are going to show you the basics of what it's like to work here. You guys ready? Yeah! Great. Getting to work. First of all, never show up on time. And if a supervisor happens to ask you where you were, your response should sound something like this. Manuel, why were you late? Man, I got here when I could. Shit, you're not my fucking mom. <laughs> Perfect. Servicing the line. Occasionally, you may get snagged by one of these customer people. Just remember, your job is to frustrate them and make them feel unwanted. If you can, wrap up a story that'll make them feel uncomfortable. For instance, you understand what I'm saying, right? Yeah. I mean, you know my reputation. I mean, I don't give a fuck. I'll go to Rikers for three or four years just to prove my point. I mean, I don't play that shit. Can I help you? Or... Hell yeah, suck toes. Good afternoon, welcome to Pop Copy. Can I help you? Or, what was wrong? My butt is itching like crazy, and I took a shower. Can I help you? Computer technology. If a customer has a computer disc, then look at it and tell them it's the wrong format. If they use Apple, tell them we're PC. If they use PC, tell them we're Apple. And if they got both, then tell them we use Linux. And if they got that, tell them the computers are down. They should be, anyhow. It's the, the whole system actually went down. It's going to be shut down for a couple hours. Hours? The system? It happens. The whole system? But this is a big place. How can Listen, you system? Sister, I got to go take a shit. The management. Should a customer get all uppity and ask to speak to a manager, then tell him, guess what? I am the manager. Uh, I want to see the manager. Yeah, no, see, I am the manager. You as a manager? That's right, my friend. I'm the only manager here. Unless you want to talk to the pop copy president. And I don't know him. You might can help me out with that. I don't know. I mean, really get in their face about it. I want to see your manager. Swat, nigga, I am your manager. What's up? You're the manager? That's right. How many are you? You done. That's it. Your job is what? done, nigga. Get out. I asked I'll call you later, nigga. What are you talking about? You know, a lot of people ask why. Why treat the customer this way? Why? Because fuck them. That's why. Bathroom upkeep. Bathroom upkeep is important to us here at Pop Copy. Be sure to spray chocolate sauce on the wall near the toilet to give the appearance of errant feces. This will ensure that any customer who uses our restroom will never, ever return to one of our stores. We ask that you sign a sheet to verify this gets done once an hour, 24 times a day. Uh-oh, Tony. You missed a spot. Whoa. Now that looks poopy. I hope you found this tape informative. And should you ever doubt yourself and consider treating a customer with respect, just remember this. You graduated from grade school and you don't have to take shit from anyone. Welcome to the Pop Copy family and congratulations. Cause like I can't get this shit to translate into more money. <laughs> right? It's not transferring. It's annoying as fuck. Yeah. The level of potential I'm supposed to have and the level of greatness I suppose we have does not equate the number of dollars. So it's not have. at all. It's, it's not transferable. At all. Like I straight almost cried. Like, I had to call my mom. I was so mad. I was almost about to cry on this like one-on-one -on -one call with my boss. 
my boss's boss actually and like talking about like how committed they were to my development and mm. i straight i was like sir i'm I'm already overqualified <laughs> for the role that you so-called are developing me for. But then they don't want to pay you what the fuck you're and I was, for. And I was literally like, I'm not trying to back you into a corner. I'm not trying to threaten you. I'm not trying to twist your arm. But this waiting game between yeah. my, my bills having to be paid <laughs> and y'all wanting to see if I'm... And when the motherfuckers in the role can't do the job already like i don't how does this math ain't math for me it don't make no damn sense like literally like the stuff that i'm doing at work is because i was like all right like i need more money i might as well fuck it and go ahead and get back into this level of management so i can get this money <laughs> not level of management yeah so. <laughs> it's a certain level of management to get to that money and i'm like ugh, fine because i just did it at starbucks yeah yeah and now it's like all the stuff that I'm in, I'm doing right now is because my boss is incapable of doing it. So if you don't mind me asking, what what, what do you currently know before I even get into that? Uh, welcome to another episode of the Children Immigrants Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I am the man with the plan that's going to always keep it 100 grand. Uh, K-Dot, a.k.a. the Nigerian Therapist, a.k.a. Rafael De La Ghetto, a.k.a. <laughs> uh, I can't say side nigga Sundays no more because I'm not a side nigga anymore. So there's that. Shout out, girlfriend. <laughs> you know? Uh, AKA Baby Booker T, since I have locks now. That, that, that's where I'm at. Uh, today, in the 2B Trap Studios, uh, I got my cousin with me. I got my sister from another mister. Uh, you got any nickna- nicknames, any monikers? Anybody know you? Nothing. Nobody knows you about nothing? CC. Alright, then fuck it. You just know me about CC. I got my cousin CC in the <laughs> trap today. <laughs> Yo, uh, this has been a long time coming because she's been wanting to be on the show for a while and wanted to learn how to set up her own podcast. So this Ooh. is, uh, you know tutorial slash episode kind of thing um before i introduct in interjected with the uh intro we were talking about just fucked up shit in the world with our paychecks and lack of exp- or being overqualified having too much experience and not having the dollar signs to match that and shit um so what i was going to ask you was what what do you do what, what, what job do you have now so right now i work in the middle management team so I was running Starbucks, was hella stressful, wasn't seeing my son, felt like a shitty parent. I was mm-hmm. like, all right, let me take a step down, refigure it out, regroup. Mm-hmm. Took five months off from work. Mm-hmm. Step down, I was like, okay, I'm gonna figure it out. Pick me up, I was like, all right, cool. So shift lead is like, it's literally middle management. So sure. I don't run the joint, but I'm still a manager yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. And so it you doesn't in between, really in between person yeah. the higher ups and, and the grunt yeah. yeah, so it don't really matter what I do. Yeah. Uh, I can't fire you. I can't do anything. <laughs> I'm just manager. That's, that's all I am. But I can't, ain't got no real control. Or real so, power. Or real matter. power. Yeah, that's yeah, my yeah. boss's boss. That's my boss. Yeah, yeah. And so now I'm like, all right, I can't play this little cute game no more. I need some money. Mm-hmm. So I was like, all right, cool. Let me do the shit that, you know, I know needs to get done or whatever. Ooh, ooh, where mm-hmm. Cause this shit opened at my job. And I was like, all right, so can we just promote me? Cause I'm already here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And overqualified. <laughs> overqualified, underpaid. That, that is a statement for middle America. Yeah. So I interviewed for it or whatever, barely. And I think I'm finding out now that I'm not going to get the position. Totally fine. Not a big deal. Okay. Do they say why? Are you closing a lot of sites? Okay. 
those managers get first deals. Uh, even though, regardless. It's even more bullshit because, again, if you're overqualified in the mem, shouldn't you be? Yep, yep, <laughs> yep. I, yep. I digress. Digress as fuck. <laughs> so all the extra little project work that I'm doing right now, they're talking about, like, that's part of my development. And I was like. How long do you want me to develop? Not even just that. I, I'm not doing this because I, I need to develop and I don't know how. Yeah. I'm doing this because somebody is not doing it and it's required <laughs> and therefore I'm going to execute this. So somehow their problems is your problems now. For still half the pay. For half the pay. And then you're telling me to develop all this stuff. Oh, you should try to do this. You should try to do that. And I'm like, it's, it's not a try. That's already in my list of things to do. Yeah. I'm looking for the compensation yeah. to do said things because <laughs> I'm going to do them, but I'm not going to stay. I'm trying to save y'all and people a was, turnover person. Like, I will leave this bitch. I was about to say that. Like, I'm not about to sit here and let y'all convince me that y'all going to be developing me. Yeah. And I can just take what I already know and I'm already qualified yeah. and go copy, paste, and apply to place else. Why? Because... Fuck them, that's why. See, this, this is why people was wondering why the turnover rate was so high during the pandemic and the year after the pandemic because the fucking unemployment checks were more than some people's actual paychecks. Legit. And nobody wanted to go back to work at that I point. was a manager during that time. Yeah. I was working at Starbucks, one of the most stressful situations. It was stressful as fuck working there during All them Mickeys, they want their coffee in the morning, all they caramel fat yeah, macchiatos Yeah, because them people lives still go on, but the, yeah. pe the people who were only making like Eighteen dollars an hour. hour they not coming to work because, like yeah. you said, motherfucking unemployment checks was more yeah. than any of in in a stressful environment. On top of that, hell no, motherfuckers weren't trying to work. Uh, and I still somehow kept my shit staffed. And I was like, y'all not developing me to do shit. Yo, yo, the the manager who already here. Yeah has not even been able to implement this <laughs> and she's already getting paid the money she's getting paid the money to show y'all that this works that she can't do the job right so so being someone who's had a job in any capacity in that management space what what's some of the stresses you go through as a manager uh, two, 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 two. um i take leadership like hella seriously because my goal is to be like a COO, like I legit want to be like an executive of American Business okay. type shit. Boss bitch. Yeah, I'm trying to be like breaking glass ceilings, boss bitch. I'm here for that. Uh, I'm here for that. As a black woman, I'm here yeah, for that. Yeah, like Ross Brewer, she's the CEO of Walgreens right now. Word. Like she was the COO of Starbucks. Like I'm trying to be like her. She in her 60s, so I'm like, I got 20, got 20, 20 years maybe, but like, shit, I'm trying to be like that. Yeah. And so I really try to learn and shit everywhere I go. And so I take leadership hella seriously. So, as a manager, like, some of the things that was really stressing me out is that, like, there is a very fine line between business yeah, yeah. and, like, how I feel about you. Okay. Regardless so, so, of if it's my business or not. Not, and, make, not mixing that business with pleasure. And we can kind of, like, yeah, yeah, yeah kind of yeah. segue in that into, like, even, like, black business and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's, like... I had a boss tell me, like, you don't run business on emotion. I can see that. And I was like, yeah. okay, to some degree, you do want to have some level of passion, of course. But the other portion of it was, like, I, I really had to learn how to, like, roll with the punches and not take shit personally. Yeah. 
um, understand that like I had to detach myself yeah. from the business because I'm like I'm building bonds with these people, yeah, yeah, yeah. but they're they're not. I don't want them to stay here for me if this isn't the best thing that's for them. They got whole lives going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. If I gotta fire you, like I want you firing to tell people, yeah. yeah, firing people is like that shit is. Have really, you ever fired someone? I've not fired anyone. I don't think, but I think I made some. I made a few people quit. Intentionally or unintentionally? It depends on how you look at the situation. <laughs> it depends because when I'm because when I'm in charge, um, when I'm in charge, I'm basically okay. People hate managers because managers represent the company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the corporate, the corporation, yeah, bureaucrats, all that shit. Yeah. And the part that I'm that I make people, I try not to make people feel bad about. It's like I don't work for you. Yeah, yeah. So, to a certain degree. I do care about you as a person. But I care more about this job. But I care more about my job and this business than I do you and your attitude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so if I say you need to, uh, you need to do better. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you need to do better on my time clock because I'm paying you. That's real. So if you're not meeting, I'm a very cut and dry manager. Either you're meeting expectations. Okay. You're like you're improving and you're meeting expectations, or you're not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're not, we gonna have a conversation about it. Do you want to? Do you care? Do you want to work here? Like, what's going on? Mm-hmm. I need to get to the root of what's going on. And if it's not some shit that I want to hear, all I gotta do is is apply pressure. I just gotta make you work the yeah, way you're yeah. supposed to work. Not work more. <laughs> just do your job. Just do your job. But a lot of people yeah. don't do their job. So I was gonna ask, from either an employee standpoint or a manager standpoint, what makes the most annoying or difficult? kind of person to manage you just complaining and you don't actually want to take ownership mm-hmm. or you don't want to be there mm-hmm. but for some really odd reason you won't quit because <laughs> you need the fucking check and you know you need the check go work someplace else stop making me miserable i agree you're making me miserable and other people around you miserable how 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 in that kind of situation outside of just firing the person how else do you kind of improve that kind of toxic environment because that that shit gets contagious. When one person starts being that person long enough, a lot of other people start feeling the same way for their own individual reasons. And now you got a whole staff that is ready to quit but won't quit and then giving you shit as the quote-unquote corporate America person and shit. It's one, two ways that I either attack that. I either go straight to the source. Okay. Because it's still... I still have influence over you because I can still fire you. There's still a need that needs to be filled here. You need this job. Mm-hmm. So either you get on board or I will fire you. Because I think a lot of people really think they're not fireable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You want to call their bluff. They yeah, you want to call my bluff. And yeah, I'm like, yeah. if you want to play with your money like that, that's cool. <laughs> like, I don't fucking mind. Like, I don't care. I will fire you. True shit. Like, I will attack you. I will paper trail you yeah. for an entire month. You would have to be on your absolute best behavior. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, I'm tacking you with papers. And then by the end of the month, I will fire you. You raggedy bitch. So is it? So that's real, one way. Is it? Is it not? Not to sidetrack. Oh, okay. Is, is the process really what uh, a warning, verbal warning, then a write up, then fireable offense kind of thing? Is that the process? And I do you better, better one than that. Okay. I typically have three culture conversations with people. Okay. On that third culture conversation, if it's for the same infraction, mm-hmm. I'm writing you up with a verbal. I'll have another culture conversation with you before I write you up for a first written. I do a coaching conversation between each writer. So you give people chances. I give you a hell of chances. 
And if you still fucking up at that I'm point, I'm gonna fight. I don't feel right. bad. At that point, yeah. You, you really don't want to be here. You deserve it, yeah. Mm-hmm. You deserve it. So that's how I like cushion. I cushion the blow, and I cushion the blow for both of us. Yeah. Because at that point, they don't come back I'm to you sitting like, down here and I'm looking at you like. Mm-hmm. What we doing here? What's going so on? here you go. You're gonna sign that. Yeah. Because you already know what this is about at this point. <laughs> Just sign it. <laughs> You had your chances. Yeah. I didn't know. I'm like, shit, you got a shot. Just trying to pay. I didn't look out for you as much as I could. Yep. Because looking out too much for those type of people, you will lose your job. For sure. And now you got management coming out. My salary job is not worth your $17 now. You raggedy bitch. Bitch, bitch. I don't like nobody that much. (laughs) That's real. That's real. This is work. Going back to your other point, what's the other way you deal with that hostile work environment as opposed to going straight to the source? We're mad at other people that I would write their ass up to. <laughs> why? Because fuck them, that's why. I do. I just remind the other people that I just straight go to them and I'd be like, hey, I understand that there are a lot of things that you may be frustrated about. Mm-hmm. I have never been the one to not, that you cannot come and talk to. Please come and talk to me about those things. Yeah, yeah. However, let me remind you, you should really focus on doing your job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The more you focus on your job, the easier this will be for the you. The easier this will be for you. Don't worry about what somebody else is doing. Don't worry about what somebody else is saying. Trust is being dealt with. You worry about your job. And I just keep trying to remind them of that. And when that's they real. don't, slap your ass with a write-up. That's real. Stop I, playing I think, with me. I think, I think to that point, something that's probably... Further contributes to those to those problems in the work environment is when you have that work environment where everybody's like way too friendly and way too in each other's business and shit. Like mm-hmm. at the end of the day, we here to get a job. I'm here for my job. I'm here to get a check. I'm here to go about my business afterwards. Uh-huh. I kick with y'all if I like y'all enough on the weekends or after work if I'm in the mood, but mm-hmm. not to the extent that we all from in each other's business, knowing each other's middle names and kids' names and shit of that nature. Like I don't care enough about y'all for that. And I mean, I'll still do that with you because I spend a shit ton of time with you. Yeah. But like, if it comes down to like your job performance right. and anything else, right. I am here to do a job. You right. are here to do a job. Right. I can know little Johnny name and that his birthday was last week <laughs> and I could have bought him a little birthday card. I'm still writing your ass up because you shouldn't have been late. That's real. Me knowing your kid's birthday and you coming in to work late three times last week, I don't understand how do y'all think that correlates. No. Oh, we cool, we cool. Yeah, we cool. We ain't never cool enough for me to lose no money over you, though, homie. That's real shit. Man, that's real shit. Reach, reach out. And I tell people that in the day, do not get a choice yet. I'm a nice person. Yeah. I throw parties. Yeah, yeah. I love to get to know you. I'll develop you. Everything. But bring your, act like you coming to work. You got to come to work. The fuck? That's, that shit's stupid. If I was to ask any of your employees right now what they what you're known for, in work, what would they say CC's known for as a boss? Being firm, fair, and fun. The three F's, okay. I'm definitely the three F's. Firm, fair, and fun. Yep, I got a lot of energy. I'll come in, we're kicking it, it's great, it's fun, but I expect you to get your work done. I'll let you talk for about five minutes and then I'm like, hey, do I need to find you something to do? <laughs> Because yeah, you need to time. go home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there's things to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying that you can't do them in your leisure. I'm not saying... I, but you need to be getting your shit done. Like, still... Like, you can work and be effective. Yeah, yeah. And still have a good time at work. I don't understand, like, why some people make it like it's I, one or the other. It's yeah. not... That's not true. 
There's a reason why you can whistle while you work. Uh-huh. You just got to be able to do both. And if you can't yeah. do both, I advise you choose work. Shut your ass up. <laughs> no shit, though. Let me, uh, on, a, on a more personal level, how, how easily uh, disrespected do you feel at times being a black woman in a management role at work? Mm. Or do you feel disrespected ever? Or do you feel like people don't ever take you, take you seriously? Or take you too seriously because you are the quote-unquote stereotypical black woman? Now, there's a lot of stuff that's happened in my work experience where I've come across all of it. Mm-hmm. Where I felt like people were intentionally blocking me. Mm-hmm. And they were telling me that I was aggressive. Was it because you were black or because you were a woman? The combination. I both? feel like it's sometimes both. Okay. Because I work in like retail type of environments, yeah, and, yeah. and all of the store managers, a lot of the store managers are women. Yeah. But a lot of the district and regional managers are men. Ah. So, it's like I feel like as a black female, but more so as a female. That I'll get blocked from, like, get because it's catty, mm-hmm. it's catty. So you have it's like a pissing contest between two women. It's like I don't even yeah. want to do that with you. Like this one, we not we shouldn't be at each other's throats for sake of doing this job. Mm-hmm. I'm not in your way, you're not in my way. Why are we making this harder just because we got estrogen in the air or whatever the dynamic is? I'm not gonna speak on y'all experience. Yeah, I've had men not take me seriously because I'm cute. <laughs> I can see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see that. Like even customers, it's just like you get coworkers trying to flirt with you and shit, and then higher ups trying to flirt with you and whatnot. You ain't, you ain't been Harvey Weinstein yet, have you? At work? Yeah. Nah. Okay. I don't think so. Alright. Just checking. Before. I don't think so. Okay. I don't think so. They'll be flirty. They'll make kind of like they'll always test the waters before they yeah. decide to like jump all the way in. Okay. I'm afraid it's not jump all the way in. But no, but like, I just, I don't know. And then as a black female in management, and then all of my upper management are always white men. Mm-hmm. And then I have white women. And I'm like, I just don't feel like y'all can leave me regardless. Mm-hmm. Like, our leadership styles are completely different. Yeah. Y'all hella passive aggressive. Like, I very rarely meet, like, direct mm-hmm. white leaders. So when I'm being direct, mm-hmm. it's sometimes considered as like, being harsh yeah, yeah, yeah. uh too or yeah to put in or if i like try to set a boundary then it's like oh you're not a team player yeah, and it's like yeah, i don't know yeah. if that's because i'm black i hate when people tell me to be oh be your true authentic self no i really can't y'all don't let us y'all will not allow y'all it don't like it my true authentic self is my cold switched version of my blackness so, like that's all it is since you brought that up how real is code switching in the workplace as a black woman in management? It's so bad. I had I had a mental breakdown at Starbucks. I couldn't work for five months. Mm. Is that what happened at that time off you took that you were telling me about? I had sides? a series of like traumatic events happen. Okay. But like having to Cause to me, code switching is anytime you're just not allowed to act like yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Parents code switch. Right? Mm-hmm. I really want to tell you sit your ugly ass down. <laughs> but instead, I have to be like, sweetheart, you're really going to hurt yourself if you're jumping up and down. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you're still having to kind of like manage some yeah, yeah, yeah. heavy emotions, right? So when I'm cold switching at work, it's pretty similar. 
the way I talk to my black customers is not the same. I talk to my Latino customers is not the same way I talk to my white yeah, yeah. younger kids. Not the same way I talk to white older people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is not the same way I talk to my uh, each each members of my team. Because mm-hmm. every person is different. And for me, effective leadership is catering and knowing each person so that you can deliver the same message but in different ways. You don't tell your each of your... Um, who the people that come see therapists? Each, each of your patients, yeah. <laughs> right? If they all have schizophrenia, yeah, yeah, yeah. you would not address each of them the same way, though. Nah. It's the same. It's the same shit. Gotcha. So that plus the stress, the influx of stress, not only of the job but then mm-hmm. of COVID, because mm-hmm. I was a manager during that entire time when stores were closed, mm-hmm. when stores were about to open. Mm-hmm. Mask mandates on, mask mandates yeah. off. Store policy. Store policies changing store all the time. Uh-huh. I'm making schedules three weeks out. Three motherfuckers out on COVID for yeah, 10 yeah. days. Have to switch up the schedule. Got fine replacement. Yeah, yeah. I was a store manager during that entire time. And I had to be nice. I know that was stressful as fuck. As fuck. <laughs> because then anytime I like was tired yeah. or I just didn't have it in me to, you know, to didn't have it in me to kind of like talk like this or be like, hey, what what are your thoughts on this process? Like, this is what I really want to do. And I'm just coming out the gate like, hey, this is what I did. Yeah. Motherfuckers was like, are you okay? What happened to What happened? And I'm like, I'm good. I'm just tired. (laughs) Like, I ain't got time to be. This the CC y'all don't know. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, what? But honestly, coming out of it, and that's when I, my Instagram is kind of like me trying to figure all of this out. Mm Mm-hmm. Been cold switching for so long. Like, I honestly, I'd never not worked. I'd never not been in school mm-hmm. for my entire life. Mm-hmm. Even during the pandemic, I got, I finished my master's program. We were the first graduating class during the martial law time. Oh, wow. So, I was like the first class of people who, I never got to walk for my master's because yeah. the world was shut down because yeah. of fucking COVID. Yeah. So, and then I went straight into heavy duty management mm-hmm. during COVID. I've literally, that's. I've not not had a non-working period since I was 15. So the way I'm thinking about it is like, okay, so I've been co-switching and adjusting and co-switching and adjusting for school, for work, Mm -hmm. for all this stuff for the last 15 years. I came out of there. I was like, I don't know who the fuck I am at this point. (laughs) This one you're trying to figure yourself out. I'm literally at 30 trying to figure myself the fuck out. And then having a kid just adds on top of that. So I'm like, what the fuck? Uh, you feel like you ever had to code switch between genders too? Like you talk different to men, you talk different to women? Mm-hmm. Because I never want men to perceive that I'm flirting with them. Nah. Okay. That's right. Yeah. For men, it's literally from a safety standpoint. That makes sense. That makes sense. I don't want you to think I'm flirting with you. I don't want other people to think that I'm flirting with you in the event that I do get a promotion or anything like that. I what don't want do it. To get this right. I don't want it yeah, to be yeah. perceived that way. Um. Yeah, and then with women, I don't know. It'd be different. I feel like I'm more myself with women. Really? Mm-hmm. Is that a more of a comfortability thing, kind of thing? Probably. Okay. Like the perceived threat of whatever men bring isn't there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Have you ever seen or experienced any sort of like workplace harassment, sexual mm-hmm. or non-sexual? The store I took over. Uh-huh. 
manager had gotten fired for sexual harassment. That's what I'm saying. Like, you literally can't... You start to get too buddy-buddy with yeah. male managers. And think about it. And y'all talk to people like you one of the bros. You're a manager and you're talking to your female worker yeah. about, you know what I'm saying, like slapping balls. <laughs> Locker room talking shit. Locker room talking shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that could potentially make some people uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you want to deal with that stuff. But so he got fired for sexual harassment. My favorite boss in the whole wide world got uh, fired for sexual harassment. He was doing it. He was doing that shit for real though. He would literally like come up to us and be like, you see her tits? And then be like, yep. Yep, we do. We do see our tits. They they look amazing. We would talk about like porn stars and shit, like completely inappropriate workplace environment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I've had coworkers like workers to workers report like sexual harassment and shit. Like, oh yeah, it's all the time, all the time. How do you customers to yeah, people yeah. everybody? How do you navigate that when you see it happening? Like, if it's a customer, I come, I politely and firmly remind them, you, I will ban you from here. I barely, I basically had an entire female staff at Starbucks, mm-hmm. and the customers were really disgusting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were really disgusting. I had customers at Goodwill who would comment on my uh, female workers, like, bodies, or mm-hmm. if they change their hair, they'll be like, oh, you were so much prettier with your hair mm-hmm. longer. And anytime they look uncomfortable, I just go over and I politely tell the customer, but very firmly, you watch what you say to my people, I will ban you from here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I don't have to take your service. For sure. They don't come to work to be harassed. I don't come to your house to be har- to harass you. For sure. Don't do that shit. If it's coworkers to coworkers, it goes straight to HR. I don't touch it. Don't want to deal with it. For sure. Um, what if it's like your higher up doing it? Like, higher up doing it down? Yeah. If it's the other people, like, that's sticky. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. when shit gets sticky. That's what I figured. That's when it gets if it's up if it's a higher up person and they're sexually assaulting somebody and it's going downwards. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying necessarily as far as sexually assaulting, but harassing, but harassing yeah. or anything in that regard. Yeah, yeah. Because it's harder to hold them accountable. That's what I would figure. So I even my boss now. I feel like when she's upset, she does do intentionally vindictive things. Mm. But to prove that. Mm-hmm. You'd be hard as shit to do. It's that. really hard. It's her word versus your word. Mm-hmm. And she got the power so she can say whatever the fuck she wants. Uh-huh. And get away with it, that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, I see that. That's it's lame. It. It's lame. Lame as shit. You saying uh, most of your uh, higher-ups and whatnot, most of your board members and shit like that are, are people of the caucus persuasion. So how do you find things like mentorship for you? I haven't. And I honestly... It, may, it, it brings me to tears mm-hmm. because sometimes I feel like I'm just not further along mm. because I'm choosing a fairly difficult path. Mm-hmm. Um, because even when I be, even when I was a store manager at Starbucks, like my my team would talk about how nice it was to see a black manager, which reminds me that that means that not only is there not a lot of black managers but that must also mean that there are not a lot of black district managers that means it's not a lot of black regional managers so if i keep going up who who does mentor me who does advocate for me and if you know and when white people i feel like when white people try and mentor black leaders 
we have to first get over I have to first get over the fear that you are even an ally to yeah, begin with. Like you're not doing this out of malice or something. Right, like out that. of malice or out of spite. Like I've had people I who I felt like took credit for my work kind of and never gave me that credit yeah, yeah. as you're calling it teamwork or yeah, you're yeah. calling it collaboration. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And to me that's but that's not setting me up for uh for getting an, a promotion. That's not mm-hmm. setting me up for success at all that's taking credit for my work and making it seem like it was just you and you're not the person coming up with these ideas you raggedy bitch that's That's literally the space that i'm in right now that's what you're currently doing i'm currently um going through right now gotcha and not even that they're it's not that they're taking credit for my work it's what i call the con game you guys need things done. You guys need things developed. Mm-hmm. You make that as part of my development process. Mm-hmm. Which means you still get the outcome. <laughs> you still get the data that you need. You still get all the things that you need, but you didn't pay for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and me, it's for in the hopes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That I would potentially be compensated. Or at least get promoted. Or at least get promoted, but it's not a guarantee. But you have the work guaranteed. See. And that's where it's always like. Lost in translation and shit. What do I do in this situation? Because I want to be taken seriously. I want to prove that I can do what I say I'm going to do. Yeah. But I don't want to feel as though I'm being taken advantage of. See. When you start to feel that taking advantage of stuff, that's when that's when it's time for you to find your exit strategy. Cause my oh a job absolutely a job that I had two jobs ago. They uh me in this line of therapy work. The, the 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 thing about community therapy is that there's so much that you can do under that umbrella. They can literally get away with doing shit or doing everything and only get paid the one check. So I ain't gonna say the full details of what happened, but the long story short is that. I was hired to do one specific job. They had me doing other shit that was not part of my job description and was not going to pay me for it. Mm-hmm. So instead of giving us the raise that they were given or that they were promising to give us because they just got some new money and shit, mm-hmm. they went as far as changing my job description to include the new shit that they had me doing just so they could get away with still not paying yeah. me more. Yeah. 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 Jobs do that kind of shit all the time. It's so fucking petty. Yeah. And then for me... I'm trying to like rebuild my self validation skill. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to rebuild my self worth. Mm-hmm. And I'm constantly in environments where I'm like, I'm feeling like, like I internally feel like I'm good enough. Yeah, yeah. And I'm trying even not to be arrogant and still take feedback and do the best I can with that feedback yeah, yeah, yeah. while simultaneously telling myself that, no, bitch, you really do know what you're doing because yeah, yeah. none of this was being done. Yeah, yeah. Prior to you being here. You brought this value here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whether they see it or not. Whether they compensating you for it or not. Mm. You brought this value they here. They see it. That's why I'm getting more work. Okay. It's like slave. It's to showcase work. my skills. Exactly. Put you on that pedestal as our token manager now. Mm-hmm. This is the example. Mm-hmm. Mind you, this example is still not getting compensated for what she's doing and is being that much more overworked because you chose to make her the example now. Example. Which also means you have a spotlight on you and you can't fuck up. Exactly. While people who make the exact same money that I do are not even being coached 
So my boss is not doing my. I feel like my boss is not doing her job. Okay. She is not coaching. Yeah. Right. She is not uh, helping prioritize their work. She's not giving them, or she's giving it to them, but they're just not doing it, and then she's not holding them accountable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So now I'm getting people to do stuff. Mm-hmm. Even she's coming downstairs more. Like all these people now, people talking to me, reporting to me, all type of stuff. I was like, okay, cool. But then I'll get feedback that my opportunity is to learn how to influence upwards. Mm-hmm. So I need to influence. So me at the salary that I'm at mm-hmm. need to should be working on influencing your manager in the salary range that I would like yeah, yeah. to do her job. Yeah, yeah. What the fuck is he talking about? <laughs> Somehow. And logically, that makes sense. Yeah. How? It to doesn't. Me. It doesn't. Because they're still trying to get away with some shit that they don't want to do, that no one else is qualified to do, and then you, being the overqualified person who's asking for more money, this is what we're going to give you to show that you're worth more money, and still not give you more money, just more work. And I'm at a startup, so they literally do not have these things in place. Right. It's not like they have it in place. And people aren't doing it. Yeah. It doesn't exist. It literally does not exist. (laughs) And I'm trying to be the person to make it it exist. Yeah. From scratch. With no guidance. With no guidance, no nothing. And I know I can do it. Yeah. Because I have 15 years of... (laughs) Doing this shit. Yeah. At... Other places. Well-established companies. So I know exactly what needs to be done. (laughs) And y'all don't want to pay me. But y'all the same motherfuckers that will fly people out Mm. from other states Mm. to come in. And watch what y'all doing. Watch what you do. Fix Uh shit. All this shit. Fly these motherfuckers and take it all back to their shit. (laughs) Meanwhile, you still not Meanwhile, I'm looking for just 75K, yo. Can't even get 50. If you lucky. I'm lucky. <laughs> I'm lucky. Not that I was counting your pockets in those. Oh, no, it's fine. I don't give a fuck no more at this point. <laughs> so, so, little aside, but still related to managerial questions and shit. Um, what's the best shift to work as a manager, or the worst shift to work as a manager? First shift, that morning shift when you open it up. Middle of the day shift when you clean up all the messes and putting out fires in the middle of the day, or that last shift, that closing shift when you're trying to set shit up for the next day. What's the worst or best shift to work as a manager? To me, the worst shift is always the middle shift because it's it's usually that's like a it depends. At my job right now, I would I hate working middle shift. Mm-hmm. To like my two to eleven shift, I can't stand it mm-hmm. because I can't get anything done. Okay. Because it's our peak time. Okay. So all you're doing is Makes pushing sense. orders out. Makes sense. Push. It's the least. I, it's the manual work that I really don't want to do. I'm a thinker. I like to think yeah. and I like to strategize. It's all Productive it's the time. least productive time yeah. of the day for me for sure. as a manager. For sure. Now, the end of the shift, like the last shift, because we're a 24-hour facility, so mm-hmm. even like the overnight shift, yeah, yeah. I personally, for me, I cannot work overnight, but it's hella quiet. It's mm-hmm. a lot less work. It's the least amount of work traffic. I figure. Because everybody sleep. At everybody home. sleeps. So it's yeah. the best time to probably like Get look some over some done. data. Yeah. It's the best time to like figure out where your trouble areas are to make yeah, a plan yeah. for the morning yeah, yeah, yeah. it's overnight at this facility and then uh when i was at starbucks it was after peak mm. so peak time at starbucks was like two and a half three hours so yeah. from like nine to almost noon coffee hour coffee yeah. hours yeah 
go taking the kids to school mm-hmm. and uh, dropping the kids off, and mm-hmm. then we had a second peak around the time of people picking up the kids and yep. all that shit. Getting off work. Uh, anytime shit. after that, because it's just less traffic, it's less busy. Mm-hmm. But if I, in a perfect world, if I could stay up overnight, I would totally work the overnight shift every time. Okay. I like quiet. <laughs> we less gonna, people to bother you too. Hey, shit. I, less people there, less work I got to do. The way I see it, mm-hmm. you know, I'm working coast and I do shit. On that note, we're going to take a quick commercial break. Uh, we'll be back with more of the Children of podcast. Stay tuned. Ladies and gentlemen, this right here is the box. So, for those of y'all that uh, remember this game from season two, fan favorite, my personal favorite. Uh, definitely probably brought my listeners up a whole new level just to see how fucked up some of my viewers are and some of my listeners are and some of my guests are. <laughs> but this game is called The Box. Uh, I'm going to paint the scenario for anyone who's never heard this before from my guest today. Uh, situation is, somebody walks into your boyfriend's house, since that's where you live. Uh, <laughs> walks in, uh, he's dressed like, Morph- like Morpheus in all black. He's holding a box in his hand, right? Walks in the house. Sets the box on your coffee table. Inside this box is a button. You press this button, you get anything in the world that you ever wanted, anything materialistic, any sort of uh, possession, anything that is, uh, uh, what is the word, attainable, achievable, uh, something that can actually happen, right? So, million dollars, new house, uh, cure for cancer, shit like that. Uh, The only catches are, one, this thing has to be a realistic thing. Like I said, it's something that can actually happen. Uh, two, whatever you get, you only get it once, and you get it as soon as you press the button. Uh, three, in order for you to get what you want or whatever you're wishing for, somebody in the world has to die. They die, they die as soon as you press the button, and you have no control over who it is. That's from the movie. It can be anyone. It could be... Someone you know, someone you don't know, could be someone close to you, would be a complete stranger. So. Shit, I'm trying to figure out what happened in the movie because I feel like it was a long, dramatic ass movie because somebody died. <laughs> but I don't remember who died. I mean. So, the scenario for you is one, are you pressing this button? And two, what are you getting? I'm not going to press the button. Which leads me to rule four. If you don't press the button, then you die. <laughs> I say that so that people like you have to press the button. Some of the legendary answers I've heard from season two when I did this was uh, somebody said they wanted to be a prince in Dubai for a day. Uh, somebody said they wanted to build a children's hospital. Um, somebody literally said they wanted a pizza lunchable. 
didn't want shit else. They just wanted a pizza lunchable. Somebody died for a fucking pizza lunchable? Yeah. Legendary shit. I think the answer I've typically given historically was I wanted Rihanna to have my baby. So I'd be trapped with them for a good 18 years, locked in. She could take care of me and my kids. Daddy. Goddamn right. I'll press the button for that. I don't be a basic bitch. Just, since I gotta press the fucking button. I mean, unless you wanna die, you don't have to press the button. I don't wanna die. Like, <laughs> anybody else can die except for me. Damn, no, because I got a kid. So I really have to consider that because my kid uh -huh. could be the person that dies. Also true. So it better be something worth it. Me, I'm selfish. I just need Rihanna to have my baby. I don't need shit else. Nah, another uh, another answer I have historically said is a little less selfish is uh, for me to have every single one of my debts that I've ever gotten in life erased. So student loans. So you should sure go to heaven? No, like no. I mean like my financial debts. I mean like my student loans, my car payment, yeah, my credit cards. Yeah, in that in that case, I might as well just take the, the give me like a hundred mil. I can't spend all that money in my lifetime, but that's enough to take off my debts, my people's debts. Whoever died, I can pay for their funeral. I respect that. You know, put up a little trust or a scholarship in their name or something. Everybody gonna die. That's only gonna guarantee. So I don't feel too bad about it. I respect it. Yeah, just give me like a hundred thousand, a hundred million dollars. Hundred million dollars to press the button for you to say fuck them kids. Somebody dies. I'm with it. I'm with it. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we have our answer. Hundred million dollars. For my cousin CC, that's what she would press the button for. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been the box. <laughs> Shit. Uh, uh, on that note, uh, welcome back to the Children of Immigrants podcast. Uh, I'm still sitting here with CC, and she just read all of Black Men for Existence with, you know, just her experiences of relationships. We'll get into that in a whole nother episode. Because, yeah. God damn. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, y'all gonna hear the audio clip some other day. Don't don't worry about what that, because uh, I, I was recording that whole time. But, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You had a whole... A I whole, take back nothing. I, I bet. And it's cool. I'm proud of you. But, shit. <laughs> um, bringing the conversation back to... The, the, the current episode, uh, uh, you were talking about valuing yourself as a black woman in, in the working space and in the business world. What, what, what does that look like for you now as opposed to what it was? Uh, even in like entrepreneurship, it's, even, it's still even just get, like really getting out of my own way and understanding that I have to be able to validate myself mm -hmm. because if I'm constantly trying to do things for the validation of others, for the sale of from other people, or for good jobs, or any of that stuff, like, I'm just not gonna push forward. Mm -hmm. I'm just not. Because even in the situation that I'm in right now, where, again, I feel like I'm in a situation where companies or people are like, oh, I wanna see if you're able to promote, and mm -hmm. I'm like, but why? Y'all look at motherfuckers' resumes to take these seats anyway <laughs> yeah, yeah. and you interview yeah, to yeah. take these seats anyway you don't ask them to produce because they already got who they want in their in mind they already know who the fuck they're looking for or what or who best fits the job description they just taking everybody so they can't be slapped with a discrimination lawsuit kind of thing you know <laughs> like come on let's yeah. call a duck a duck yeah and so it's 
me having to remind myself that it's like I've done the work. Yeah, yeah. I know I can do the work. Yeah, yeah. The work looks different in each space, but I know that I could do it, right? And even in entrepreneurship, like right now I have to take a back seat on the store portion of my business. Mm. But even in the store portion, it's like you could be a work in progress and it still be valuable. You yeah, could yeah. be a work in progress and it still be profitable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? It just may not be in the way that you think it is, but it also the time that you think it's going to happen. In. Right. Or the time you think it's gonna happen in. But even a period of like having no sales, like people were like, Oh, you know, how are your sales been? I'm like, Well, that's not the only way to to, to measure, measure yeah, yeah to measure success like yeah, yeah. you know did i get emails this year did i go out and promote myself this year yeah, like yeah. what else was done in a period where there were no sales so if they're not validating that way how mm-hmm. are you then validating yourself that you're still doing this work or committed to do this work so it's on both ends but like I have to, otherwise I'm just gonna. I'm. I, I for me, I'll feel defeated. Yeah. Like I straight called my mom today, and I was like, I I just feel really defeated because at this point, at this point, like I'm gonna pay a resume writer because I'm like I have 15 years of high volume pilot <coughs> retail experience, 10 years of management. Mm-hmm. Three years of working autonomously and covering multiple sites mm-hmm. um, in various positions. I have like proven track records of like increasing metrics, maintaining metrics, building morale, teamwork, all the things that people tell me are like highly valuable yeah, yeah, yeah. skills. Yeah, but none of these skills. Are but I ain't getting no money. Right. You're not paying no bills for you right now. Not really, nah. Like, or I'm not able to negotiate my way into the the 70s and the 80s and the 100Ks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Or even let's just start with the fucking 70s. Like, like, why? The 65s. The 65s. Like, (laughs) nah, I was doing the 65 at Starbucks and then I was like, alright. But it was like 65 is stressful, so it still Mm -hmm. felt like fucking 45. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to find like my work balance. It's yeah, hella yeah. fucking weird. It's like, so do I sacrifice comfort and go take the money yeah, and then yeah. be a shitty mom and then have to deal with my depression on that end? Mm-hmm. Do I do what I did right now, which is I took a pay cut um, to have less stress so that I could use my brain to build, you know, my podcast, to build my business mm-hmm. stuff, to pour myself into something creatively because I wasn't exhausted. Yeah, yeah. And I now I've seen Makai more than I've ever seen him before, but I'm barely making ends meet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or do I just do I keep do I get a second job right now and then try my hardest to find like a good balance? Yeah. And that's like the forever game. While people are constantly telling me like, "Oh, you're not ready for this role. You're not ready for this role. You're not ready for this role," and I'm out managing your managers who are already in that role. You're just still being denied the same opportunities. And I'm still being denied the same opportunities. And that's when I'm always like, is it because I'm black? Is it because I'm a female? Am I, you know, am I being an entitled little twat? And I'm not worth this position. Oh, and I got a master's. In human resource development. With facilitation skills. As somebody with the master's, the, the master's degree is Danner because the bachelor's degree is already the, the equivalent of a high school diploma. A bachelor, a master's degree is the equivalent of a bachelor's in some spaces at, at this stage of life, which is why a lot the of the masters, masters 
plus the experience. Yeah, which is what they want. But how, how are we going to get the fucking experience if you're not giving us the opportunity to get it in the first place? You raggedy bitch. And it's that you're not giving us the opportunity, but then you're turning around and telling me that in order to potentially get this opportunity, I have to do the work of the role mm -hmm. in which I'm trying to promote into mm -hmm. that you won't compensate me for. <laughs> so what's the point? So, but you can also not guarantee me the position. So if I do this, if I do this work, yeah. and the work pans out great, and it executes the way it was supposed to execute. Now we have a temporary Now we, I just have to months. wait. Yeah. I have to wait until a potential position opens up and hope that, that I get it. Yeah. And then y'all wonder why people job hopping. Yeah. Because after I had the conversation with my boss's boss today, I felt defeated. I felt re-energized. And I felt like, all right, bet I'm about to drop some money on a resume writer. Because now we all racing the clock. I point. want a new job by snowfall. I want a new job by Snowfall. I want to be in a certain salary range. Y'all want me to do this work. I'm going to go ahead and do this work because I'm here anyway. Yeah. Might as well build my portfolio, rebuild my portfolio real yeah, quick yeah. with fresh work. Yeah. And at the same time, also hopefully put out that new, put out a new resume and get another hit. And I get the money that I want anyway because somebody going to read my shit and see your worth. And see my worth. What uh, what is your business? So secretly hedonist is the business that I'm trying to develop. That's been your tagline on IG for like the longest time. Yeah, secretly hedonist just means that uh, hedonist hedonist or hedonism is the pursuit of pleasure. Yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. that's all. It's just pleasure above everything else. Pleasure yeah, over pain. Pleasure yeah, over yeah. sacrifice. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. And it's something that for me as a black woman, I feel. It has always rang true because it was something that I just did. So I do things that make me happy. And the only time that I'm really at a crossroads is when I'm not making a decision that will make me the most happy. But sometimes I don't know what will make me the most happy either. Mm -hmm. But letting people know that it's okay to do the things that you want to do in life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even if you don't feel ready, if you don't have the funds. Like, I'm an avid credit card user. Like, yeah. I do not care. I'm not gonna I don't max my shit out. I don't I try my hardest not to have it where it's like I can't afford to pay my minimum balance. Mm -hmm. But <clears throat> y'all telling me that rich white old men make the rules of the land, they're not gonna compensate me accordingly, but you're gonna keep jacking up the cost of living yeah. and I'm supposed to keep sacrificing things out of my life. Mind you, it's not even our cost of living that they're that they're estimating. It's, it's their, their cost of living. That they're estimating and jacking. Because at this point, thirty percent of rent, we should all rent should not be more than like seven hundred and fifty dollars. You telling me? And so it's like so, but then you'll look at me, the person who barely has any money, to keep sacrificing the bare minimum things that are making me happy right now, keeping yeah. me functional yeah. right now. Not to mention to be able to <laughs> put money in my savings account. Not to mention we're having to negotiate which of our bills we want to pay this month. Bruh, I gotta <laughs> call and get a bill moved. What? I Probably tomorrow. I literally just Monday. I literally just emptied out my IRA from my old job and, and taking a tax penalty to do so in order to pay my damn car note that has been backtracked for how many months now before they repo my shit at the end of the month. Help me! Help me! Nigga!
me. Literally. These are not decisions I should be having to make before I'm 30. Based on my fucking paychecks. Especially based on the fact that I am getting like 65K in the ballpark of on a good day. And we just out here trying to make it. And it's like I got into the 60s and then I was stressed out. And then I was like, why? This money still don't feel like enough. Right. Like by the time they get done cutting all this shit out, my shit and my checking my taxes, I, I was like, come on, man. My money stretched longer when I was actually broke. Yes. My money, my money, my money stretched longer. I'm about two seconds I, from quitting and gonna get me two part-time jobs what? again, yo. Like that shit, that money felt like it hit different. Bro, what? My oh, money. I'm gonna go see if J Crew needs some help. <laughs> they at least pay weekly. Man, I had more money as a broke college student than I do now as a fully functional adult with a nine to five making sixty five K in the ballpark of Legit. Legit. My money stretched much further than, than it does now. And it was crazy because like For a fraction of And then I'm a single mom. So I just kinda And that's a whole different stressor on top of your finances too. School fees, you can't pay for childcare. My mom, if it wasn't for my parents, like, I don't know what I would do right now. Yeah. And again, sitting on 15 years, 10 years of management, a whole master's degree, mm-hmm. what am I doing wrong? Mm-hmm. But people who cannot execute the jobs are in the roles that's paying me the money that I need. It's crazy. But, um, but yeah, Makes so sense. the secretly heatness is like, it's an umbrella. Yeah. Right? And in a perfect world, what I would love to see it become is a concept store. Where I literally curate your experience every quarter. And okay. it's a resource center. It's uh, a venue that you can rent out. Uh, hella dope. Like, I'm putting black artists on. I'm putting black businesses on. Even right now, my gift shop, I exclusively source yeah. from small black-owned businesses. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to refigure out something because I ain't got no money. Like, I know, I, know, I know in the past, I've seen a couple of pop-up shop events that yeah, you've done. Yeah, so it's like... The physical, in a perfect world, what my vision for it is, is the physical store is a concept store, uh-huh. right? It's a physical freestanding store. But you, have you ever heard of Coffee, Hip Hop, and Mental Health? Of course. Okay, so you know how they have, like, their merchandise, if you will. Yeah, and yeah. the merchandise funds are funneled into other areas. Yeah, yeah. That's what my gift shop would be. Okay. The gift shop is you're supporting small black businesses, yeah, so you're yeah, supporting yeah. mine. But you're also supporting the makers of the people who made this product. True, the true. funds from that get funneled into other little things. So like true. my philanthropist work is I like to dance. True. I feel like black people, <laughs> that is right. Ancestors, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's movement, that's exercise. Yeah, yeah. Come dance with me. That's yeah, yeah. a free class. Boom. That's true. under secretly hedonist, right? Okay. The podcast. Podcast does the same thing where I'm basically marketing myself, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm my ads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um if you want to support the podcast, right, that's for, for equipment, that's for behind the scenes, mm-hmm. that's for video footage, mm-hmm. you purchase from the store and the store funds get funneled back into everything else. Okay. It's a way for me to network with black creators. It's a way to network with black artists. If I want to do an art show, I would already have a concept shop to do it out of. Like, it's an entire, like, and then at some point, I'm supposed to be a coach and I want to do sex coaching and I want to <laughs> do uh life coaching and like like goal setting and planning and really yeah, helping yeah. people understand how to like strategically live put, their best life live their yeah, best lives yeah. and what that may even look like for them yeah, right yeah. we just talked about we're credit card users and for some people that's like shame on them so mm-hmm. it's like how do i help you overcome the shame and guilt of yeah, what society yeah. has told you so that you can bring forth what you need to do in your life. Maybe you need a credit card budget. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Opposed to saying like I, I'm not gonna do anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
You think you think white men got where they needed to get to without fucking some shit up? You know what? The Hell credit, nah. Credit is law of the land. Why do you credit think? is literally law of the land. Jews, Jay-Z said that's how all the fucking Jewish people own all the property in America. It's credit. fucking credit. 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 You just have to figure out how to you make it work for you, but you can't figure out how to make it work for you if you ain't using it. So, you know, so... Something else that we're not taught as black folks is that we all are, we're all born with credit. We don't fucking know that until we're 18 and then we take out our first loan under a 400 credit credit score that we didn't know fucking existed. Yep. Yep. It's all type of shit. Yeah. It's little shit. And you figure it out as you go. But that's what Secretly Heatness is. It's just my little creative baby. Of, I think it's dope. I support it wholeheartedly. Thank you. Okay. Not even because I'm your family, but just because I, I fuck it's with the It's a concept. dope concept. Right. Thank I you. I fuck okay. with it. I just want a, 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 a fucking ecosystem of dope black shit that's so for black people, by black shop people. For everything, yeah. yeah, and it's a, it's literally a one-stop shop for everything. Like, I'm trying to get the gift shop back up and running. It's not not running. It's just like I haven't put any energy or effort into yeah, it yeah. for holiday season because yeah. it's like put your money where your mouth is. If you're really talking about supporting black people, I have a gift shop where everything that you want from a fucking car to wrapping paper to candles mm-hmm. to body oils to beard oils, mm-hmm. anything that our basic asses is about to get people for Christmas, <laughs> I guarantee that I will have it in my store sure. at a reasonable price point. But for black sure. people also, I still believe it, black people have a really hard time supporting black people. Since you brought that up. I said it. Yeah, I said it. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not disagreeing. That's how I said it. I'm not. I'm not disagreeing. What I what I, what I'll ask is, how how have you uh, uh, found your own ways maneuvering past that phenomenon when it comes to us as black people trying to get other black people to support our business and they go support the opposition as opposed to the congregation. I legit believe it's a psychological thing. For sure. Where it's so baked into your brain that black is bad or mm-hmm. black white is not bad. worthy yeah. or, you know, any of those things. White is right. That yeah, right is white, white is right. Uh, how <laughs> many black right. luxury brands outside yeah. of Tef- is it Teflar? I think so, yeah. That you know of that's, you know, highly talked about and publicized, yeah, right? Yeah, At yeah. the same rate as a Gucci or a Prada. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think some of it is psychological where it's like black businesses are not as good as other businesses because mm-hmm. basically I have like a paper source. That's basically what I'm creating. Not to mention it's, it's that much harder for us as black people to qualify as like small business loans or grants that would help us. And sustain business. And sustain. And sustain business. Yeah. Because so on one end you're not getting supported by black people because psychologically, again, I think it's unconscious and psychological. Mm-hmm. You think that it's not as good mm-hmm. or it's not as worthy, mm-hmm. right, as these other businesses. But also, um, white people consciously or unconsciously are also not supporting like other races are also yeah. not supporting you yeah. because you are black yeah yeah meanwhile we got all the asian stores that pop up in the black neighborhoods we got all the fucking beauty supply stores that are supposed to be black owned that have black workers in them owned by the asian folks asian people got all their food stores all the hispanic people got their food stores the mexican people got all their and food we'll go stores. support all of them with no problem Meanwhile, the only black story we'll go to are Harold's and Chicken, Harold's Chicken and Sharks, and those aren't even black owned. Well, Harold's a bit more than Sharks, but still. Yeah, and so it's a matter of like being more intentional about how we spend our money and being more thoughtful. And it is difficult to change because it's habit, right? Yeah, yeah. It's a habit for you to go into Target and buy a candle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 
a little bit less convenient for you to Google black-owned candle companies or text your friend who knows the girl who makes the candles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who then may be having small... And it's people are not as forgiving to black business owners as they are to white business owners. For sure. We fuck up, yeah. and it's a, oh, we knew it wasn't shit, no way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And other people fuck up, and it's a, sorry about that glitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so it, it's a really interesting perspective. But. Or they don't want to pay quote-unquote black prices for, for our for our products. We're going to pay a fraction of the price for a shittier product from white folks and then want, yep. a, want a discount from us for our product just because they're family or they know us or it's the black people discount, whatever that shit is. Mm-hmm. And then be mad when they don't get it. So that drives them away that much more. Well, this business ain't shit no ways. You ain't got shit I like here no ways. Blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. All that shit. I. Uh, how did you come up with the concept of secretly hedonist? Like, what element of your life were you trying to fulfill when you came up with this business? It's just some. It's just something that I've always lived by. Like, really, really trying to challenge myself to ask: Am I doing this because I want to do this, or am I doing this because somebody told me? To, or the opposite way, actually: mm-hmm. Am I saying I can't do this? Because mm-hmm. society told me I can't do it. So mm-hmm. I can't go to Paris. And I struggle with that even still to the point that it will literally make me sick. Mm-hmm. Like, that's where a lot of when I was in therapy, a lot of my therapy was stemming from that. Because mm-hmm. it's so deeply it's so deeply rooted, especially me being like a good girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so deeply rooted of the things that I can and cannot do yeah. that in my efforts of even doing them to retrain my brain, I'm beating myself up the entire way. Even though I know it's completely illogical. Mm. So something like, um, something that's okay, we just talked about using the credit cards, right? Mm. So I, when I'm in a budget pinch like how I am right now, I'm not going to stop getting coffee and I'm not going to stop getting weed. You got your needs. You have your must-haves. Yep, I need certain things to get me through these things. So let's say I'll charge... Whatever it'll be times where I'm like, I don't care. I need a pair of shoes and I'm gonna go charge it mm-hmm. I don't have no intention on paying it back. Don't know how I'm gonna pay it back mm-hmm. I'm gonna pay this minimum balance and I'm gonna be cool and go about my business yeah. The part of my brain that society has beat into me is that that is irresponsible yeah. spending I'm putting myself in a position right yeah, yeah, yeah. so I uh, but on the other end of me It's like no, that's that's okay. how you show a credit score and a credit report. That's how you build it. It's, it's a continual w- up and down. Right. It's whatever. Right. It's an up and down. Yeah. It's ebbs and flows. Like, you'll make the it's money later. Some, it's it's not fine. supposed to be a steady thing. Exactly. So, secretly, heatness is like me constantly going back and forth with myself. And mm-hmm. it's just like, it's pleasure above everything else. If yeah, you yeah. consistently seek out pleasure, you are a happier person. You are yeah, a more yeah, yeah. grounded person. You are able to tackle the hard things yeah, yeah, yeah. because you're and it, and it doesn't and don't let anyone shame you for what you need to do to make yourself feel good. That's if you're not person. hurting yourself and if you're not hurting other people, then fuck it. Then fuck it. Yeah. You do what makes you happy so yeah. that you can sustain so you can do what needs to be done. Yeah. And that's kind of like why it's like secretly hedonist because we all have secrets to the, like the little shit. Like mm-hmm. I don't always openly admit that I'm an avid credit card user because I don't want people telling me yeah, like yeah. reinforcing the shit that I already yeah, yeah, yeah. am trying to combat, right? Um, or maybe your secret is I don't fucking know. You're a weed smoker. You spend a good portion of your check 
every month on weed. On weed, and now you can't pay your bill. It, well, what, what, who the fuck? What the fuck else? Like, who the fuck cares at this I point? Need this to help me do. My I need job. right, and the government don't seem to give a fuck about me, so I don't understand why I gotta give y'all. I don't see why I gotta give y'all y'all money on time, and my paycheck is not matching the cost of living at this point. What? Like, it's sixty dollars for me to fill up my gas tank. That alone is two bills. What? Why is nobody admitting the fact that we're in a goddamn recession right now and acting like we're not? So it's fine. So it's fine. But it's really tr- retraining my brain that, like, this is fine. Yeah. Like, people, you you were on a 10-year streak of great finances, mm-hmm. saving money. I saved so much, I was able to take off from work for five months and not miss a beat. Which and then, you know. beautiful. Yeah. Like, I had enough in my 401k, and I was like, pull that shit. I don't care. I need a mental health time. Absolutely and I didn't work beautiful. for half the year. Absolutely you know, beautiful. and that's the that to me was an accomplishment. But now I'm in a situation where I had to take what I could get. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to make ends meet, and mm-hmm. it's mentally having to tell myself like it's okay to still do things you enjoy, yeah, even yeah. though you're not in a societally acceptable place in where your you life. Where you right, yeah. right, living above your means at this point, it, everything is above your means. Treat like yourself. it's fine. Treat yourself. Fuck it for the whole year if you got to. Fuck it. Yeah, because who else going to do it? You need it in order to keep moving forward. You need it in order to maintain what level of sanity you have just to get from the day to day. Never mind being middle class or being black middle class. Mm-hmm. It's not even a thing. It's not the same. It doesn't, it doesn't, it's, it's, it's so snuffed between white middle class and just regular fucking lower class that it, it damn near is the line that's blurred between the two. Yep. The black middle class. So yeah, it's a mess. So, but that's that's pretty much what it is. It's just giving people permission and validation to live a, a, a culturally rich life. Yeah. You know, a creatively rich life. And that sometimes the what we need may not bring the monetary value that we seek. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. sometimes it's just okay to do shit and have something to be proud of of your own mm-hmm. that didn't maybe it didn't render to you the money like i'm trying to get out of the money is the the objective situation yeah, yeah, yeah. even if i can't pay my bills it's like am i enjoying what i'm doing is it bringing me pleasure right and i want my personal entrepreneurship project and journey to be more about is this fulfilling my soul yeah, and yeah, not yeah. is this paying my bills yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I that. if that makes sense it makes a lot of sense you trying to pour into yourself, not pour into, I'm your, really, not pour into your wallet. Yeah, yeah, like I got my job to pour into my wallet. I'll keep working on that in yeah. its own way. Yeah. But what what are the artistic things as a person who's a creative that I'm doing to feed your spirit. to feed my spirit yeah. after for thirty years? Y'all have told me that that is not selfish. acceptable. Yeah. That that's selfish. It's yeah. selfish for you to feed your spirit. Yeah. Why are you doing things that are not considered? productive why are you doing things that's not a side hustle that's bringing you money you're wasting your time yeah, yeah, yeah. that's not true because we live in a capitalist society so and, and i'm trying cap- to use views yeah. yeah and in a, in a very odd way i'm trying to use the entrepreneurship as a way to heal the capitalism within yeah, yeah, myself yeah. And it's like, I can be an entrepreneur and it not mean that I'm a millionaire from that entrepreneur, but I still put out something into the world that, that, was, proud that I'm proud of yeah. and that it was intentional and yeah. it connected people yeah, and it yeah, yeah. was something of more substance than just paper dollars. Like you, I was about to say, like you said earlier, success is not always monetary. Yeah. It doesn't have to be, even though that's the society we live in. It is not, 
I hate that I'm about to say this because I, for the longest time, I've disagreed with this statement, but I, there's validity to it now. Money does not always bring happiness. It doesn't. As much as I've always felt that that was bullshit. Bring ease. It does. It brings comfort. It brings comfort, ease. it brings accessibility. It brings yep. ease. It brings uh, some level of cushion. Yep. But those things don't all in and of itself necessarily equate to happiness. Yep. Yep. And so that's that's what my business is uh, a therapeutic process for me. I'm here for it. To learn how to confront the capitalistic viewpoint of something that I'm putting my time into yeah, yeah, yeah. must yield just money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, can I get can I get something else out of a project yeah, that yeah, does yeah. not have to be money? Yeah, yeah. Do I enjoy even doing it? I'm here for it. Right? So it, it's a real, like, uh, me in a process of really heavily and intentionally trying to retrain my brain. Which is difficult. Difficult, but a journey that gets less difficult when you start it and stick to it. Yeah. So... Cousin to cousin, therapist to homegirl that's been in therapy, business slash entrepreneur owner to coach enthusiast, <laughs> reading yeah. all the shit you about know, CBT. You know, I'm here to tell you that you got this shit, and I believe in you and Thank your journey. You. And however the fuck, me as your cousin or me as the owner of the Children Immigrants Podcast or just me as a black man can support you and your vision. Thank you. Right, let, let me know. I'm here for it. We can partner up on some shit if we got to. I bet. I'm down. On today's episode of How Fucked Up Is Fucked Up, that's fucked up. Cece, what's fucked up? What is fucked up in the world today? What is fucked up in your life today? What is something that you've seen recently that's fucked up? <laughs> As you smoke the joint. <laughs> Shit. Ugh. What's fucked up? Mm-hmm. I'm not even gonna make this heavy because everything's fucked up, honestly. Honestly, everything's fucked up. But, so, I'm having, like, trying to register myself for kindergarten is, like, hella difficult for some odd reason. And I was talking to a parent about it. Mm-hmm. And the parent said some shit, and I was like, damn. Like, it didn't hit me. Like, he said it in a one-liner, and it was beautiful. And he was like, isn't it? He was like, he was like, isn't it silly that, like, it's this difficult to register your five-year-old for kindergarten? Mm-hmm. But I, but we can just go buy assault rifles. <laughs> and I was like, there it is. I don't know why the phrasing of it in that way. Like, my, it's, it's, y'all need all this shit for my five-year-old. To go to kindergarten, but little Jimmy boy can yes, walk in this bitch with a motherfucking AK-47, yeah. and and he got it because he had an identification to say that he could buy a gun. Yeah, I, I, I said that's very fucked up. The 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 priorities, the priority. Ah, I can't even speak right now. The prioritization of fucking assault rifles and the lack of ban on those kind of deadly weapons on civilian use. As opposed to more basic needs is, is absolutely fucked up. We, 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 no civilian needs something that kills 300 people in, in 30 seconds. No, nobody needs that kind of weapon. We're not doing no massive hunting. And even if you are hunting, you're not using an assault rifle. You're using a regular shotgun. Yeah, or like you know? it's completely unnecessary. Like what? 
like is this for a collector's thing? Like what is the point of having an assault rifle? Yeah. That's definitely fucked up. Like, okay, Glock's pistols, things that actually can help defend you in yeah, the yeah. event that like you are really feeling that your life is at, at risk. Yeah, yeah. But assault rifles, we just <laughs> You got oh you got you got a state ID my boy. That's it. Bet here you, have, you go. You have no super severe mental health condition even though you have a mental health condition. Go ahead and grab this assault rifle. You good. This 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 will help you right your anxiety. Never mind therapy. Never mind medication. Never mind going to a. Here go this AK forty seven. Go have fun with that my boy. You know. Yeah. That's fucked up. I agree. I agree. Nicely done. Uh, this is the portion of the show because it's been going on two and a half, damn near three hours. Yeah, I told you I could talk. <laughs> I'm, I, listen, you gave me great fucking content and I'm, I'm, I wouldn't have had it no other way. I'm glad, I'm this, glad. This, this is the portion of my show where I let my guests, you know, uh, do their shameless plug, promote themselves, promote their business, promote whatever the fuck they want to bring to the show, be it something that they're working on, be it their business, be it something that they're proud of, something that they're just a part of. Um, so the floor is yours, CC. What, 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 what is what is your shameless plug? Go for it. My shameless plug is you can follow me at Secretly Hedonist Twenty One. That's you, my personal page. You might have to spell that for some of the illiterate folks. The hedonist part. He H E <laughs> Don D O N Ist I S T Twenty One. Uh, that's my personal Instagram. It changes a lot because I'm changing a lot, and I'm again trying to remind myself that. It's, uh, it's an art project. It's not for y'all. It's yeah. for me, and you're just benefiting from it. It's a process. It's not, a process. Not, 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 not a miracle. Not a, like a finished masterpiece. Yup, right yup. Uh, fucking secretly hedonist. Just that. Uh, just secretly hedonist. That's the business page. Mm -hmm. Secretlyhedonist.com is the gift shop. Uh, Podcast title yet? Uh, is the Apprentices Journal. Um, I have to get it set up and started, but it's called the Apprentices Journal. So look on, out for that. We gonna work on that after this episode. No, and I gotta go. Ah, it's that and I gotta go in five minutes. <laughs> I coach you through it. It's cool. It, yeah, we'll get it situated. <laughs> um, and then yeah, so that's all my stuff. I don't think I have a dance class on the 29th. I don't know when this is launching. If you follow me on IG, you will see it in the Eventbrite. Uh, if you miss it, it's cool. I do them every once in a while when I feel like getting jiggy. And that's it. I think that's it. Yeah. It has been a pleasure, like always. I love you, cousin. You, love you too. Sister from another mister, I'm, I'm glad that you're here to be with us in the 2B Trap Studios. Uh, I'm going to just go ahead and sign off for tonight because I'm tired. I'm going to go smoke. She's going to go home to her. <laughs> So her young tenderoni. To my hubby. <laughs> oh, shit. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been another episode of the Children of Envious Podcast. I am the man of the plans to always keep it 100 grand. Uh, K-Dot, a.k.a. the Nigerian Therapist, a.k.a. Rafael De La Ghetto, a.k.a. Beanie Booker T. Uh, signing off here with my lovely cousin and special guest for today, Cece. The owner of Secretly Heatonist and the Apprentices Journal podcast coming to you soon. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, until next time, I see y'all when I see y'all. Peace. Woo! That was fun. <laughs>